This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. I started early. I started, hit the button, hit the record a little early, but we're going. I guess we're going here. Uh, What is up? MMA Takes Podcast. Got a lot of recap, right? Bellator is Friday. I got some uh, thoughts on Bellator. Uh, UFC was Saturday. Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. Amazing card. We'll go over my picks. We'll go over my bets. We'll go over this. We'll go over that. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, well, it's Sunday night. I want to get it in. Wife works her butt off in the next two days. So with the pay-per-view coming this week, I want to get this out as early as possible. So just had a big old meal, big old pasta meal. Uh, you know, I, I go back to work tomorrow. I know. All right. Had a nice little week off. Had an exciting week off. Uh, new car, right? Birthday. And uh, awesome fights. Won some money. We'll get to it. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling ready to go back to work. You know, I, I bet by Wednesday, um, I will not be ready to go back to work. Come Wednesday, I'll be like, oh, my God. I You know, I'm trying to find an excuse to get off. But, no. Uh, yeah, so it is what it is. It is what it is. I don't know who I've become, really, guys. You know, if, if I can bear my soul to you for a second. I tried to find this. I had an old Twitter account. I, I've actually had two personal Twitter's accounts, Twitter's. I had one that I used to tweet in my early twenties. Like every five seconds, I tweet the dumbest shit that came to my mind. I went back and looked on that one. And I went back and looked on my other personal one. I had a tweet many, many years ago about people that drive trucks and how big of assholes they are. Um, just, you know, in Cincinnati, there's a lot of trucks, Kentucky, Northern, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, there's a lot of trucks around here. Um, you know, these big, obnoxious, dieseled out fucking Rams or Ford F-250s or whatever the fuck. Um, and I had a tweet and it was something along the lines of, like, if you own a truck, you're an asshole. Well, now I'm a truck owner. So, man. And then not, not only am I a truck owner, but I fucking, uh, right before I hopped on, like, just to let my stomach settle, I was looking up fucking truck bed covers. What? Who am I? Golly, love the truck though. I tell you what, my heart not yeah, I guess my heart sank a little bit. So I was driving to uh my parents live about 15 minutes away from me. I was going over there late Saturday night. So Friday night, late Friday night. And I'm driving. Uh just you know, just to see how she drives at night, you know, basically. But I, I had to get something over at my parents' house. And um, you know, it's it's a basically computers run these fucking new cars now i mean if you have a new car you know what i'm talking about the the dash is all digital and it tells you you know oil and this and blah, blah. so this thing popped up it says emissions system problem and i went uh and it was like a little engine light and i went are you fucking kidding me like i bought this car on monday and i already have this issue like I've only driven it maybe, well, probably over 100 miles now because I, I bought it in Indianapolis, which is like 90. But I, I, what? So I like literally didn't even make it to my parents' house. I just turned back home and went home and wanted to look up what this is. I know nothing about cars, right? So I, I just assumed the worst. I saw the engine light. I'm like, what the fuck? Luckily, obviously, I still have a warranty with, with the original purchase and the dealership I bought from gives me a 10 year lifetime engine warranty. So I wasn't super concerned. It would have been, it would have been more of an inconvenience. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I knew money wasn't coming out of my pocket. So I get home, I research it. A lot of people have the similar problems with the pilots, with the whatever. 
Um, and literally the, this godsend, I, you know, you always read all the bad stuff. You always read all the shit where the guy's like, I took it to the Honda dealer, and, you know, you know, he gave me the run around and made me pay 15 R. You know, it's like, you always, you always, you always read those. And at least I do. And I get fucking upset. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, that's going to happen to me. Then I read this one comment from this, this rational person was like, Hey, it's probably the gas you put in it. Just get some fuel injector fluid, put it in there. That's what happened to me. It's been working fine. So I had already scheduled an appointment with a Honda dealer by me to get this looked at. Yesterday, wife and me go run around Saturday. I go do my bets in Indiana. On the way to Indiana, I put, I buy, stop at a auto parts store and I get some fuel injector cleaner, put it in the tank, drive to Indiana, you know, 20 something miles. And then on the way back home, light goes off. And the light's been off. So thank you for the rational person that did that. But when I looked it up, it was it, everyone had a different reaction to it. It's just, uh, you know, people say it's a malfunction. It's a recall. It's this or that. Car's driving fine. Truck, excuse me. Excuse me, guys. I'm a truck guy. Truck is driving fine. Um, but it gave me a little bit of heart. A little bit of a, oh, man, are you fucking kidding me? Really? Type shit scenario, but all is good. Um, what else we got? UFC video game came out Friday. I don't think I've talked to you guys since that. So you get the free trial if you have EA access. I've been looking forward to this. Whew, awesome stuff. Awesome game. I love it. It's almost perfect. I'm out of hours. Uh, you got 10 hours from Friday until it comes out this Friday. Um, I ran hours today. Wife worked today. Was with the ba- with the kid, not baby anymore. She's with her Barbara Dream House. Daddy's playing fights, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a really really fun. I do, I created a guy, Miles Bowie, featherweight, right from Muncie, Indiana, little old Western boy. I didn't want to do Cincinnati High. It's a little too on the nose for me, um, but uh, Muncie, Muncie, Indiana, and um, he uh, he's a boxer, right? And he's he's southpaw. He's got some devastating overhand left. It's brutal. But the game is really, really fun. So, obviously, I'm not sponsored by EA Sports. But if EA Sports wants to sponsor me, I'd fucking love it. But, seriously, all the negative feedback you saw on MMA Twitter, Reddit, whatever. If you're like me and you've been paying attention to it, fuck all that noise. It's a really, really fun game. It's You know, I'm a big sports game. I've loved all the games. I love the games from the THQ days and the Undisputed days all the way up until UFC 1, 2, and 3 from uh, EA Sports. In my opinion, this is the most complete game. Um, fighters fight like themselves. Uh, you know, not every fighter's model looks all that great. Like Sam Alvey looks like a fucking supermodel. He's not in real life. Um, but it's really, really cool. It's really fun. It, it's fluid. The gameplay's awesome. The submissions are awesome. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sick. It's a really, really fun game. So I did that and that's about it. Let's recap Bellator. So listen, I was going to tweet this out and, 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 and I didn't want people to come at me. I love MMA, right? I don't watch as much lower MMA, like LFA, or I mean, I used to watch fucking everything, guys. I used to go to all local shows pretty much with my ex-girlfriend and my current wife, who was my girlfriend at one point. We went to a few too. Um, When I was training, I would go to like every event. I mean, I drove to Illinois, like seven hours away for an event. I did Indianapolis a bunch of times. I've done three hours into Kentucky, deep South Kentucky stuff. I've been I've been there and I would watch literally every fucking thing they put on. Now there's MMA more uh now than ever, really, because you know it's one of the only successful sports going around. Risen was Saturday night, early Sunday morning, which you know I can't stay up for that. Bell Tours Friday night. Um 
But I'm obviously a UFC guy. You, to me, the UFC is the cream of the crop, the best of the best. They put on the best cards. A lot of people back in the day, you know, there was these hipster guys that thought, you know, fucking Pride was better. You know what I mean? And Pride maybe had more talent, but the UFC ended end up winning out and all this stuff like that. And there's probably some freaks out there that really enjoy Bellator over uh, the UFC. I watched Bellator from tip to tail on Friday night. How did we listen to Mike Goldberg for as long as we did? If you're an MMA fan and you listen, you go back and you listen to Mike Goldberg called the UFC. I remember when he got fired and got let go. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, because Anik was, Anik's the man, right? Anik started coming in, doing the cards. They, they were tradition uh, transitioning Anik to be the main guy, which I loved. I loved that because I did think, I did always have preferred Anik. But I was like, oh, you're not going to keep Goldie around there? And he got fired. Then he was at the event in Arizona and he had like bad seats. I remember that went on viral. I felt like they did him dirty a little bit. I remember he turned down a WWE contract years ago um, to come back to the UFC. But it's unbearable. Like John McCarthy and Josh Thompson are terrible. They have their own podcast together, and but their repartee is not great. And I mean, I'm very critical of commentators. I, I don't like Dom Cruiser, but it's just production value, the level of fights, and for people to be like, oh, Bellator's got a really great card. No, they don't. They got a good main event. Miles Jury was like your star guy at 55. Like, come the fuck on. The guy couldn't cut the mustard in UFC, right? He fought Georgie Carhani and barely won. Your co-main event was Matt Mitrion versus Tim Johnson, both UFC flakeouts. Matt Mitrione's washed Tim Johnson TKO'd him because Matt Mitrione has zero ground game. The main event was the only one that's that's worth a damn. Both guys, in my opinion, should be fighting the UFC. So, along with the production side, there's a lot of people that really bandwagon for Bellator. Listen, Michael Chandler looked fantastic. The main event is the reason I tuned in. Um, my, no one really does that to Benson Henderson. I know Benson. He, I think he fight, I've said this when he left UFC to go to Bellator. He's an active fighter. The long layoffs don't do him well. He's a very kind of like, you know, he needs to kind of get in a rhythm type deal. He's, he's, his hands are down a lot. Um, it's all about timing in his in his life and or his fighting career. And when that timing is thrown off by inactivity, you're going to have some problems. And I feel like if he was a more active fighter, I don't think he would have got knocked out as quickly. Now, Michael Chandler switched stances, land that beautiful left hook, finished him on the ground. Looked awesome, right? I just feel like Benson Henderson had a little bit of ring rust on him because he was used to be a very, very active guy. Um, but Michael Chandler needs to be fighting the OC. I mean, 100%. He's a little older, right? So he's like, what, 32, 33? I actually don't know his age. I got a little bit of miles on him, right? Um, but I think it's the time now. I think the UFC needs to open their checkbooks. If I was Michael Chandler's manager, right, and say Bellator, he's a free agent now. Bellator comes at the table, we'll give you 250000 a fight. One FC comes to the table and goes, we'll give you 275000 for a fight. Risen or Brave or any of these other ones, they, they come in the same amount, right? They're all right around 250, 275, whatever it is, each fight. And then the UFC comes in and goes, we'll give you 150 for each fight. They're going to lowball them, right? Maybe you negotiate that up to 180, 190, whatever, maybe even 200, call, you know, split the difference at 200,000. This, these are just made up numbers. I, I don't know. Michael Chandler might be worth, he might be, he might be worth more, he might be worth less. My point is, if I was his manager and you're at this point in your career and you're Michael Chandler, I would go to the UFC for less money <clears throat> to fight, to risk it. Because you come to the UFC with less money and then you are as good as advertised and you start wrecking people at 155. Then guess what? That 200, whatever that fee they paid you, whatever you're, that's going to triple 
double, triple, whatever. Your popularity is going to go up. Your endorsements are going to go up. Yada, 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 because you're in the fucking UFC. You know what I mean? You know how frustrating it is for Michael Chandler, who's probably one of the top 10 155ers in the world, when he tells somebody, like, oh, yeah, I'm an MMA fighter. And they're like, oh, like the UFC? Like real casual people, people have no idea. And then he goes, no, I'm actually in Bellator. And people were like, oh, okay, yeah. And like, they don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, that's probably so disheartening to a guy who's so accomplished and so good like Michael Chandler. I think the guy needs to get paid. Hopefully the UFC does not shortchange him. But for a three-fight deal, a quick fight deal, uh, nothing longer than that for, for that price or whatever, you know, again, I'm making this all up. I would do it and come in there and you got to fucking compete. You got to go in there. You gotta wreck. You're going to get fed to the wolves right away, right? I would love a Michael Chandler, Drew Dober, because Drew Dober, you got a budgeting star. You got a guy who's fucking solid right now. Then you got a guy who's a proven champion in another organization. If Chandler knocks out or beats Dober, that's a huge feather in his cap, beating this young gun. If Dober wins, then you're promoting that guy up because Dober, I think, has a good look, has a good style. Um, it, it's a win-win for the UFC. I just hope they that they do open up their checkbook because Michael Chandler is uh, seems like a good guy and he is one of the best in the world. I think, you know, he's exciting too. I mean, he's not a boring guy at all. So hopefully the UFC does it right by him. I want to see Michael Chandler in the UFC. That's a big question. He's finally a free agent. Usually Bellator locks him up. I'm going to be very upset when he goes to Bellator because here's the thing. I've said it before. If you go to Bellator, he re-signs to Bellator for a shit ton of money. After he beats uh, Benson again, because there's no one for him to fight, right? After he beats Benson or he fights one of the Pitbull brothers or whatever, he's going to go on stage uh, at the post-fight press conference just like he did Saturday, Friday night and go, yeah, I could beat Conor McGregor. I should fight Conor McGregor. Let's do a, let's let's uh, set something up between the UFC. No, that's not how it works. You know what I mean? Like you had your shot to fight Conor McGregor. That's a really good fight. You might get that fight because you're an exciting guy and you would sit there and you would really push Conor McGregor and on paper, you kind of match up well with McGregor, right? That'd be a fun fucking fight. Um, but if you re-sign for the Bellator, don't go on stage talking about how you want this and this and that because it's never going to happen. The UFC has nothing to gain by cross-promoting with Bellator. Bellator is the only people that have the game with that. Why would the UFC, which is a bigger company, bigger name recognition, has more talent, go over there and risk having one of their fighters lose to a Bellator fighter? You know how embarrassing that would be? It's only a win-win for Bellator. It makes no sense. So if you're going to sit there at your post-fight and talk about how you want these big fights, you know, unless the UFC doesn't come up to the table with a contract, which I highly unlikely, then shut the fuck up, right? Take your money, take your Benson Henderson fights, take your Pitbull fights, take your fucking David Nickel fights, um, Rickles, whatever the fuck his name is, Caveman. Take take those fights, right? Knock all those guys out again. I mean, I know he didn't knock out uh, the younger, smaller Pitbull. Pitbull knocked him out, but he knocked out the older one. But take those fights, right? And take your money and live with it because that's, that's the decision you made. You're a free agent now, so the ball's in your court. Do you want to be the best or do you want to be the highest paid, right? In a perfect world and in a world that you can determine, you can be the best and the highest paid because if you're the best in the UFC, you're definitely the most paid. That's just a fact. Fact, Jack, bam. So that's Bellator. That's my thoughts. Production's rough for me, guys. I just, I, I don't like the, I just don't like a lot of the stuff over there in Bellator. We can, we can get into it later. I want to get into this weekend's card. Woo! Got worked up there with the Michael Chandler stuff. Um, listen, this card was awesome. It was awesome on paper and the fights delivered. There was one or two boring fights. I think maybe two kind of dud fights. And uh, the rest was fucking awesome. I went eight and four on my picks. I'm very happy with that. Um, I did not hit my underdog pick. 
I did get my lock, but he didn't do it to send him home. We'll get through all the stuff. First final night, Alias, Guaysal versus Irvin Rivera. I had Rivera here. I took Rivera straight. I did no parlays for this fight. Um, I only bet straight fights, uh, which was good because I probably would have got burnt on some of the parlays I was working. This was a very close fight. Alial is a guy who uh, is strong, you know, pretty good size for that division. Ur Rivera, way more athletic, way more experienced on the feet. Definitely won that third round. I thought it was close, but I did I did score for uh, Rivera. I know it was a split decision. Some people maybe had Alial winning. I, I had Rivera winning the fight two rounds to one. Uh, Alial looked good for be, being a Middle Eastern guy from George, Jordan. Excuse me. Um, he risked everything and he moved to Vegas just to get this fight or something like that. I think they were talking about it on the broadcast. You know, he looked good. He's going to be a tough out, right? He looked tough. Looked like he had a good chin. His stand-ups a little needs and work. His, his takedowns are good. His top control is not great. He does have a good guillotine choke, which Rivera, you know, kind of saw coming. But, uh, you know, overall, great great fight uh, to kick off the night there. I really enjoyed it. Rivera, again, showed up, looked good. Fought on like two days' notice against Giga Kazaxi his last time out. Now he's at his natural weight. I thought it looked good. Five years in the game. Confident kid, young kid. I like that. Next up, you had Yuzu Salavers, Peter Barrett. I took Barrett here at a plus 310. I believe he blew up to a plus 360 underdog. I got him at 310. Zalal looked good, right? My biggest thing with Zalal was I didn't think he was a finisher. He almost had this fight won with spitting back kicks to fucking Peter Barrett's chin. I always complain. I always say live with people like, oh, he's giving up, right? You can tell when a fighter gets rocked. And also when he gets to the ground, he kind of gives up a choke a little bit and taps like Dustin Poirier did with uh, Khabib. Definitely, definitely quit in that fight. Um, but that's not here or there. Uh, Barrett didn't quit. Barrett had every fucking excuse to get out of this fight. Got spin kicked in his fucking face. Somehow survived. Got taken to the ground. Rear naked choke a few times. Somehow survived. Was flattened out. And the ref couldn't see if he was out or what. Somehow survived. Um, you know, but he's just not skilled. Is what it is. Zalaz is a young kid. He's skilled. I thought Barrett maybe would rough him up a little bit, would get close to him, would fight in the clinch, maybe take him down. Um, but that wasn't going to happen. But listen, I mean, Zalaz, the right guy won, the better guy won, the more talented guy won. Sure. But listen, if you're going to dangle plus 360 in front of me on a guy like Barrett, who is big for the division, who is tough, who can get in there and make it ugly against Zalaz, who's been very active, yeah, I'm going to take that plus 360 any day of the week. I had a small little bet on this. Did it straight. Obviously, I lost. Um, and I would do it again. I mean, I plus 360. I mean, fuck it. I'd do it again. I mean, that's just a high line. But Zalal looked great. He looked really good, really well-rounded. And uh, he's going to be a problem in that division for years to come because he's only 20 fucking three. That's crazy. Imagine when he gets to 30. Shit. Um, next up, uh, Gavin Tucker versus Justin James. One of my fights in the night. Man, Justin James hits hard, right? Strong, tough kid. Um, just didn't have the cardio in this fight. Gavin Tucker's a guy who I saw make his UFC debut and I wasn't overly impressed. He had a lot of hype coming from Canada, but the hype was real. I love this fight. Um, he got dropped bad, Gavin Tucker did. Almost got finished, but battled back. Like, that's what I love to see. I love to see a guy face adversity and then battle back, and then he almost got choked out. Came out of his fucking shorts to get out of that choke and battle back, and then pieced up Justin James and ended up getting a submission on his own. He's sick on the ground. His striking looked fantastic. He was leaping in. <clears throat> excuse me a little bit, but he was doing all the right things. He was throwing the head kicks. So Justin James couldn't unleash that right hand. Um, Gavin Tucker stand up looked fantastic. It really, really did. He did leak him in a little bit, do some Muay Thai stuff. They kept yelling Muay Thai in his corner, throw some elbows, throw some knees and stuff like that. Um, that's cool and stuff. But like, if you get a really high level guy, he could run into something, but I was super impressed with Gavin Tucker. here. I bet Gavin Tucker straight up as well. 
good amount of money. He was my second highest better on the night. I was very happy that he won. Really shit in my pants when he got rocked, though. And then the guillotine, I thought, was all but over. That fucking thing was tight. But Gavin Tucker's a guy I'm going to keep watch. He might be on my guys list soon, right? I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to be rash because I've been rash in the past. But I really liked this guy. I liked him post-fight. I liked how his demeanor was. Just needs to be a little more active, right? I know he's had some injury problems. But he's a legit fucking dude at 145. This kid is going to be a tough, tough matchup for him. But he's really slick on the ground. His stand-up looks on point. He looks like he has power. Justin James is super powerful himself. I mean, the kid's got bricks in his hands. Um, I'm just overly impressed with Gavin Tucker. I love when a fighter faces adversity. He had the big knockdown, which I thought he was out. And then the guillotine. And he, and he managed to come back and finish the fight. I mean, that those are the types of fights that I like. I'd much rather watch a fighter do that than keep getting 12-second knockouts because then when they go to the second or third round, there's a big question mark. I mean, look at Edmund Shabazzian. You know what I mean? Look what happened to him. The longer the fight went, the, you know, the worse he was. If you don't get... He doesn't get him out of there in the first round. I mean, that's what it is. Peter Barrett, or excuse me, uh, Peter Barrett, Gavin Tucker really showed me a lot uh, what he was uh, what he was about and stuff. Next up, Andrew Sanchez was willing to determine got this fight wrong, bet this fight straight up as well. I can't get Andrew Sanchez right, guys. This guy's a wrestler. He's a striker. He looked fantastic, right? Wellington Terman is a young guy, built pretty well for this division, kind of bricked up, right? Um, kept waving Sanchez in, and someone on Twitter was like, no, dude, you should wave him off, uh, which is very true because I don't know what he was waving in. Sanchez was getting better at all those exchanges. They both were exchanging big punches, but it was clear that Sanchez was laying the bigger, harder uh, shots, and it looks like the training for Haas has really paid off. He went for like one kind of takedown, but not really. And, and basically, he was all stand up and he, and he knocked out Terman. Big win for Andrew Sanchez coming off that ugly loss of Vittori. Um, this kid can wrestle and now he can strike. It looks like he's got a bit of a chin on him. The mullet is flowing. The mullet is sick. Um, got this fight wrong. I hate missing underdogs. I miss this underdog here. I didn't even look at Sanchez, if I'm being honest with you. Um, the whole time I, I thought, you know, maybe he could grind this out and take Terman down and really get him tired and stuff like that. But Terman is good on the ground. Um, never for a second. I thought Andrew Sanchez would win by knockout. I hate that. I hate when I overlook things. I got to work on that. All right. Next up. Nasrat Paparaz. Uh, let me, let me slow that down. Nasrat Haparaz versus Alex Munoz. Munoz was my underdog lock. I didn't love a ton of underdogs. It should have been Tim Means. But that's, you know, that you can always say that after the fact. I just thought Munoz wrestling was going to be a little much for Nasrath. And in the first five seconds of the fight, Munoz blast doubled. And I'm like, here we fucking go. Nasrath worked to his feet, didn't give up a takedown again, and just picked him apart. Munoz looked pretty good in that third round, though. They both were landing strikes. Um, Nasrat is was looking for a win, looking for, he hungry for a win. He looked focused in there. A lot of eye pokes, a lot of cup checks, a lot of whatever. And, um, but yeah, Munoz though just doesn't have it on the feet. Uh, his wrestling looked really weird. I thought maybe clinch and then chain wrestle. It looked like he just kept shooting wide shots and the Nasrat was seeing that coming. Wasn't respecting Munoz's hands. Munoz would try to set up his hands and then go for a takedown. That wasn't working because uh, Nasrat was moving his feet out of the way and moving backwards. But in that third round, Munoz kind of abandoned the wrestling and just went swinging. And uh, he needs to work on his stand-up a lot. He was he was standing in a southpaw, but Nasrat just hits like a tank. Um, I was high on Nasrat, and he got knocked out. I know he got knocked out by Judober, who is, again, a guy I talked about earlier. Pretty elite on the come-up. 
But I don't know if I like Nasrath all that much anymore at 155. I think he's going to have some trouble. Um, he's very hittable, and I think his, it, he hits very hard himself. But I really want to see him against a, another elite guy, right? You know, Drew Dober kind of put him back down in the rankings a little bit. Not not literally, but, you know, fighting Alex Munoz, who's making his GFC debut. I like to see uh, Nasrath fight someone like who's had more than maybe four UFC fights and a winning record before I crown him or anything like that. But wasn't overly impressed with either of those guys. Um, again, kind of bummed that was my underdog lock. He was almost a 200, uh, plus 200 favorite. I didn't... Oh, no. I, excuse me. I did bet this fight. I almost didn't bet this fight. I almost didn't listen to my own advice. And I said, listen, Brian, you have a fucking podcast that f- at least 50 people listen to. You got to take your own advice. So I did, and uh, I, I shit the bed there. Okay, next up, Kevin Holland versus uh, Joaquin Buckley. I think that's how you say his name. Great fight. Awesome fight. How do you not love Kevin Holland? One of the sickest uh, right-hand knockouts I've ever seen. Um, Buckley, big, strong, powerful guy. Kevin Holland didn't get hit clean with anything. A lot of body shots added up, but it took him well. Didn't phase him at all. Buckley is, is a shorter guy for this division. He's bricked up. He didn't get as tired as I thought he would, right? In the third round, he was still kind of there. I mean, he's puffing a little bit, but the pace was actually really high. And he and he stood in there pretty well. I was actually a little surprised by Buckley's cardio in this, but Kevin Holland just so smooth. Chris threw that right hand. He's dro- he dropped him with the right straight twice in the fight. And the one just boom, clipped him. Mouthpiece went flying. Ref jumped in. Great stoppage. Uh, Kevin Holland, again, <clears throat> interesting guy. Wants to fight all the time. I like his demeanor. I like his uh I like his his personality is definitely something to get used to, but you know what I mean? I like his style, and if he can just clean up the ground stuff, right? He is good on the ground, but I feel like he gets lazy on the ground. If he can clean up the laziness on the ground when he fights somebody like a Brandon Allen or whatever, he's going to be really, really good. He really will be. I like to see Kevin Holland versus uh, Kazmat. I know that's not how you pronounce his name. Shimmeroff or whatever, the, the guy everyone loves. Kevin Holland's flirted with going to 70. He's at 85 now. He doesn't cut weight. I would like to see Holland fight Kazmat. Why the fuck not? Let's do it. You know what I mean? Both guys always want to fight. Let's sign him up. Let's get him in this month. Fuck it. Why not? But Kevin Holland looked very good. All right, Tim Means versus Loriana Stoperly. This fight was awesome. I was a little worried about picking Tim Means here. I had him straight as well. I bet at this fight. I did not bet the Kevin Holland fight, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. I picked Kevin Holland. I didn't bet the fight. Uh, Tim Means, though, I was had a real bad feeling when he was walking out. You know, I remember the Daniel Rodriguez fight uh, where he just got pieced up and then choked out. Uh, Starpoli's a younger guy, can crack himself. Not the most powerful guy in the world, but can throw hands. And Tim Means just looked like a killer in there, man. He pieced him up, took the shots well. His left hand was like a piston. He wrestled a little bit. Starpoli slowed down a little bit. He dropped Starpoli with a beautiful head kick. And uh, Starpoli got to his feet, showed incredible toughness for how young he is. But Tim Means looked fucking good in this fight. Chris left hands. I love a really good Southpaw. And he rebounded well. You know, his post fight was good. He's like, hey, I'm just I'm just glad I'm fighting and I'm not getting in jail. Shout out his family out. I, you know, how can you not like that guy? How can you not like the Dirty Bird? One of the, one of the more entertaining fights of the night. All these fights are great. Really like this fight, though. It was, it was kind of back and forth for a while. Tim Means took a lot of shots, unnecessary shots, in my opinion. He was given a lot of shots. And uh, Starpoli's game, man. It's back-to-back loss for him but he's fucking tough he's a tough dude all right but neil darius for scott holtzman i had scott holtzman as an underdog here i bet this fight as well didn't love my uh didn't love the pick here i should have laid off this fight um this was the last bet i made when i was uh when i was on fanduel it was just one of those well you got money in the account so go ahead and do it 
Um, you know, listen, it, it, hindsight's always 20-20 or 50-50, whatever the fuck you want to say. But Neil Darius is, is a legit dude. He cracks. His stand-up is good, but he's chinny. He's got some chin problems. He's got some defensive problems. He's really good on the ground. Um, Holtzman's really tight in the pocket. Holtzman's usually stand-up is really, really crisp. He got caught by Benny and uh, and just got fucking worked. Worked and then battled back. I know he showed a credible chin and then that spinning back fist forearm put him out. Awesome fight. Uh, you know, ben, uh, Benil Darius missed weight, so that kind of sucked. He wasn't eligible for a bonus. But this guy's tough at 155. You know what I mean? If you get him in there and he can just develop a little bit of defense, because you can't really develop a chin. If you can develop a little bit of defense in there, I, you know what I mean? I, I just I would love it just a little bit more. But, you know, it sucks that I couldn't lay off this fight. I love the line next to Holtzman. I thought Holtzman could maybe squeak out a decision, if not finish Darius. Um, but that wasn't the case here. Benny showed up. He's 19 and four. He's fought the elite, elite of the division. He's got some really, really good wins in there. And, uh, that was an awesome fight. Awesome fight. Awesome finish. All right. Next up, Yana Kuzkatka versus Julius Storinlenko. Uh, this fight stunk, stunk up the joint a little bit. Yana, uh, just clinched her, took her down, beat her up. Jo- Julia Joe is Julia Joe Storinlenko. Um, armbar girl got, has really good arm bars, but that's about it. You know, she gets some words. Her face was bloody. Yana won Uh good game plan, but not, not overly impressed uh, with either of these girls, but you, you know, both girls needed a win and Yana got it. So, uh, moving on Darren Stewart versus Maki Batolo. Awesome fight. I, uh, I picked Stewart. I should have bet Stewart. He was a little high when I went to go bet him. Um, I like Maki. Maki Batolo is a really good boxer. Uh, Darren Stewart is not the you know, Maki Batolo has better technique. Darren Stewart's the more powerful guy. Batolo mixes the body really well. And uh, Darren Stewart is just built like a fucking shit. Brick house can take shots. Great chin. And uh, was taking shots. Took a big right hand from Batolo. And, uh, you know, was looking a little wild in the exchanges. Looking a little behind. A little slower. Definitely more powerful. And then Batolo, for some reason, went for a takedown. Left his neck there in fucking nasty high elbow uh, guillotine for Darren Stewart. Surprising. It was 20 to 1 odds. Uh, Never would have thought Darren Stewart would have won by submission. But uh, awesome stuff. Really entertaining fight. Proud. Happy for Darren Stewart. Coming off that ugly loss, and then his friend got stabbed a lot at one of by his own brother or something. He was wearing a t-shirt in the octagon. He was telling the story. It's fucking brutal. Um, I like to see Darren Stewart fight a little bit more often, though. I think he's a legit guy. Same with Mackie Batolo. Uh, both guys maybe stay in Vegas for the next month, see if anything happens. I think Darren Stewart said it on the broadcast. If, if I was Patolo, I would do the same thing. I'm not sure if he lives in Vegas or if he... Because I think he's an Ali guy. I think he's like a Dan Ige guy. So I'm not sure if he lives in Vegas or Dan Ige, if he if he lives in Hawaii full time. But either way, I, I think both these guys, you know, with the way the fight went down, I think Mackie's going to be a problem for guys at 185 with his boxing. I think Darren Stewart can be a problem for anybody at 185. And I would like to see a kind of a quick turnaround for both these guys. All right, co-main event, Chris Weidman versus Amari Akhmedov. This is the fight I went the heaviest on. Um, early in the week, it was a pick em. Chris Weidman blew up to a 142 favorite, and I took him, uh, emptied the clip on him. He was my risky business mortal lock. That paid out. I did think he was going to send him home. That did not. I didn't do a prop bet. The only prop bet I did was um, for Gavin Tucker to win by points, but you know he got the finish. So it's the only prop bet I did. That was a crazy line. I thought Gavin Tucker could win by a decision because Justin James doesn't get finished all that often. But Weidman. Uh, Devin and Tim and our little group chat, Tim likes Wyman. You know what I mean? Devin hates him for some reason, which doesn't make any sense. I don't know why anybody would hate Chris Wyman. Um, but obviously his performance was trash. It, it was trash. It, it, it did not look that great. Um, his wrestling looked a little slow. His stand-up looked even slower. He gassed out bad in that second round, but so did Amari. 
10 8 the third round you know won the first round lost the second round 10 8 in the third round that's just not going to get it done i know mariak Maidov is, is a guy that a lot of people don't know but he's on a five fight win streak kind of small for the division kind of bricked up but small he's he used to fight at 170 wyman's a big big 85er um and i, I just think, i feel like he had the right game plan in the first round but the problem with wyman and it's the same issue he had in the gagor musazi fight and other fights in the past is he shoots too much you know, I think he was just a little too scared to stand exchange on the feet, right? Because he's been knocked out in the past, which is a, a new thing to him, right? His first time ever getting knocked out was Yoel, which was kind of a freak thing. Then he got knocked out really bad by Jacare, which was unexpected. And then uh, Dominic Reyes put him to sleep sleep. Um, so he's a little gun shy, but he just shoots way too much. And it's like when you get your takedown stuffed, it's really fucking hard to, to kind of get your win back after that. You know, that's a that's a mind fuck. But much needed win for Wyman. I, his back was against the wall here. I had, you know, he's the better fighter. This was kind of a layup here for him. Uh, Amari Akhmedov, again, good record, good UFC record, has some good wins. But the level of Chris Wyman, this was a UFC saying, listen, if you can't beat this guy, you're one in five in your last six. If you can't beat this guy, we don't know what to tell you. You probably are done with this company. But he won. Kind of did a weird call out, which I wouldn't have done. He did say my performance stinks, but I needed to get a win, which is all you should have said. But then he said, hey, everyone at 85, I'm back. Again, after that performance, I don't think anybody at 85 cares. Um, but there's really, some really good matches. Marvin Torres already went to Twitter, said, I want to fight him. I'm pretty sure Chris will be ranked because Amari was ranked 11th. So, I mean, a Vittori fight would be interesting, but I mean, Chris does need to, he needs to do a lot more. He looked to be in great shape according to Instagram, right? Instagram shape. He looked fantastic, but, uh, he gassed out in the second round, but he dominated the third. So, you know, wasn't the greatest performance. I felt like he could have maybe went for a couple more submissions and got him out of there. I felt like he was just happy to kind of stay in position because he knew he was winning the fight in that third round. So main event, Derek Lewis was Lexi Olenek. What you expect it, right? I picked Derek Lewis. I did not bet Derek Lewis. He was too high for me. But what you expect it, right? Lexi went for some takedowns in the first round. Derek Lewis lays flat on his back and he lets Alexi do whatever he wants and it didn't work. Uh, the scarf hold choke or whatever they said in the broadcast and then tried for a couple times with Ezekiel, but Derek Lewis is just too fucking big and then comes out like a bat out of hell in the second round and knocks Alonic out. Uh, you know, that's what you expect. Listen, I mean, it's a typical Derek Lewis fight. He had the, the whole post-fight thing where he's like, I got to take a shit. I know that was, uh, he's a smart enough guy that he knew he was on a hot mic and, you know, it's making his rounds on Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Smart guy, smart guy. That's a smart businessman right there. But uh, I just, I, I, I never can get behind Derek Lewis. I just think he's overrated. I mean, he's literally, I think I have a better ground game than him. I, I'm not even kidding you. I, I think I'd, I could do more things on the ground than Derek Lewis. I know that's crazy because he's a freak athlete. He is a really good athlete. He's strong. He's powerful. All this. One of the most wins in the UFC heavyweight division, all this stuff. But, you know, he gets smoked by anybody elite. Um, and, you know, I think the only thing that makes sense is the Francis Ngannou rematch because uh, regardless of who wins, so, so say – DC wins this Saturday against the uh, Stipe. He's retiring, so then you got to figure out who's get, who's getting the shot at the heavyweight title, right? So then it's gonna be is Curtis Blades gonna fight Francis Ngannou, even though Ngannou's fucking beat him like twice, or is Derek Lewis, who has a win over Ngannou, gonna get the shot, right? In a in a boring boring fight, or is Stipe gonna be ready to get that belt back? You know what I mean? It, it, there's a lot of dynamics, and if Stipe wins, you know I feel like Stipe's maybe got five more fights and he's done. He's got an eye problem. If he beats DC, he's going to maybe need some time off. Because if he beats DC, he's still going to take shots to the head. It's going to be a fucking war. 
um, unless he one punch knocks out DC, which I don't see happening. So the, the heavyweight division is kind of in flux right now, but I think Derek Lewis, Francis Ganyu is the match to make. I got to imagine Francis Ganyu would like that fight back. One of the worst fights I've ever seen. He lost the fight. Uh, Dana White criticized him after the fight. Uh, you go out there and you knock out Derek Lewis, which I, I clearly think he's capable of doing. Um, then yeah, you got your mojo back and then you're clear number one. I mean, forget it. You know, but I know Curtis Blaze kind of called out Derek Lewis. I don't mind that fight, but where does that leave Steve? At? All right, that's it. I just wanted to recap the the event because it was fucking awesome. Again, I'm doing this on Sunday, so there's not like a ton of news right now. Contender, uh, Contender Series Tuesday and uh, the big one, the big UFC this weekend. So I'll, I will be talking to you guys later this week. Devin, I'll be doing a pick them. I plan on smashing him. Uh, I had a really good week this week, betting wise. Uh, I missed some fights, but I put. The big money on the right people, and that's what you want. You big money on the right people, and that's what you want. We'll make fucking t-shirts to say that. The big money on the right people, that's what you want. All right, that's it. I'll talk to you guys this week with Devin Tahata. Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Woo! Hey, little pal, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker, back. Come on. Hey. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.